Let me tell you about our spotlight sponsor quickly here for the Blaze. It's Jace Medical. Jace Medical is a uh, is a a company that is putting the power of your own healthcare back into your own hands. Uh, there are shortages already of certain antibiotics. I think out of the antibiotics, out of the twenty antibiotics, I think eighteen of them are made overseas. If there's a breakdown, if there's a war, whatever, we don't make stuff anymore. You need to have that supply. You can get a year's supply of whatever your medications are. You can begin with a Jace case. I urge you to go to jacemedical.com, jacemedical.com. Check out what they do. Check out the Jace case. That's the first thing that uh, I did in my family. Make sure we have that on hand. jacemedical.com. Enter the promo code Beck at checkout, jacemedical.com. Welcome to the uh, program from News Radio 610 WIOD in uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. We thank them for their hospitality and hosting me today. Uh, it is uh, day 105 of the hostages, American hostages, being held in Gaza. Have we forgotten them entirely? Um, today is Friday, so we're going to go through some of the crazy news that happened this week. Uh, we also are going to tell you about uh, what the latest is, and I'll show it to you happening in real time. What the World Economic Forum is saying that is the number one problem, and I'll show you how it's being implemented, their correction in real time. Also, we have Douglas Murray on. Uh, this half hour, in about a half an hour, we have um, uh, Senator Eric Schmidt from Missouri. He's coming on. He's going to explain the opportunity that the Supreme Court has right now to dismantle the administrative state, something that the left is freaking out over. Also today, Douglas Murray joins us. Douglas is one of the guys who's on the target list of the World Economic Forum to silence him uh, because he is so well-spoken. He's from England. We're going to have him on coming up in just a few minutes. So stand by a lot to get to. First... Let me tell you about getting a great night's sleep. You want a great night's sleep? It is uh, Relief Factor Sleep. Relief Factor Sleep is all natural, just like, you know, the Relief Factor that you take for pain. This is all natural. It will give your your body a chance to relax, um, to get a good, sound sleep, wake up the next day feeling refreshed, and you don't even feel it in your body. Again, it's all natural. Uh, and when you get up in the morning, there's nothing worse than if you have to take some medicine to put you to sleep. And then you wake up the next morning. I can't even take Benadryl after like five o'clock in the afternoon or I wake up, you know, four o'clock in the morning and I'm just so drowsy. It's awful. Relief Factor Sleep 
is just the opposite. Get a good night's sleep without any of the after effects. 100% drug-free, designed to promote healthy sleep. Unleash the power of great sleep by calling 800, the number four, relief. 800, the number four, relief. Relieffactor.com. All right, let me... um, Let me... Let me show you a couple of things that are happening at the World Economic Forum uh, in Davos 2024. They're saying that they're they're starting to become a little more conservative. You know, they've invited some conservatives over there, you know, and uh, they, they, they think maybe they've gone a little too far. Really? I don't believe you at all, uh, nor should anyone else. Why? Because they are progressing on everything that they're talking about anyway. They they will have a new world order if it is up to them. Here's the World Bank president talking about developing nations. Now, what do you need to become a developing nation? Okay, you need skilled labor, you need cheap energy, uh, and that's pretty much it. If you have cheap energy and skilled labor, you can totally transform your country. Okay, here's the World Bank on, uh, on developing nations. Listen to this. Europe lives on natural gas. America generates a great deal of natural gas as well. How can we tell the developing world that they cannot have access to natural gas as part of the transition if we live on it ourselves? And so I think there's a little bit of the issue of trust in each other I actually believe that if you open the taps of natural gas everywhere, you won't be able to close it again. So the wrong answer is to say, let me just do what I want. The correct answer is to say, what's the right way of bridging this situation? These are hard topics. They get emotional. They get political. And as someone said at a lunch a little while ago, the challenge with politics is we know what we need to do. The problem in the democratic world is you probably won't get elected again if you do it. Mm, yeah, probably why you're engaging in all kinds of propaganda. If, Stu, can you help me out? When did natural gas become an enemy of the planet? Well, it's a fossil fuel, Glenn, as you know. Uh, yeah, now, yeah, it's yeah. interesting because at the same time, they'll say, look at all the progress we've made. We've done all these amazing things. Everyone's finally listening to us and turning green. All the gains they've been able to muster have been from natural gas. Correct. Correct. You know, going from something like coal to natural gas is a big cut in emissions. They mm-hmm. get big reductions in their numbers. They have come down because of that, going from one fossil fuel to another, and then they claim success and now want more, uh, you know, solar panels. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I, they have always said eventually they want to get away from it. Some yeah. people will say, well, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Others just want it to be taken offline. Well, completely. he wants the world to understand that once we open the taps for developing nations, if we start sending them natural gas and they start developing, you'll never be able to shut it off. And that just can't happen. Oh. Evil. That's an evil okay. sentiment, isn't it? It is. You know, if we don't, if we give them civilization, they might want to keep it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. what a disgusting way to look at a, a bunch of other people, billion, a billion other people. Just yep. like, you, we can't let them develop. We can't let them have heating and cooling. We can't let them have electricity and modern medicine because then they'll keep wanting it. And that's bad. 
What, what kind of worldview is that? So let me go to the Heritage president. Um, Heritage, uh, they were invited uh, to speak out and tell us what, you know, the world would be like with a new Republican administration. So Kevin Roberts went and he laid it out for him in no uncertain terms. Here's a bit of his speech yesterday. The thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's mm. what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leaders. Uh, they, didn't like his, they didn't like his talk or his uh, appearance on the panel uh, very much. Uh, in fact, they're going the other way. They're, they're talking about liberating science now, which is focused on disinformation as it relates to the climate change agenda and everything else. So they've been talking about how the number one problem now is disinformation and misinformation. That is the key problem for this year. Number one. 
short-term risk facing the world. It's not interstate armed conflict, war, climate change, lack of economic uh, opportunity, societal polarization, which is closely linked to misinformation uh, and disinformation, actually comes in third. So, really, wow, that we've got to take care of that this year. Why? Because there are more elections, free elections happening this year than any other time in human history. The elites know they're in trouble if you awaken the lions. But I want to show you, they have been saying all week, they've been talking about how they've got to get a handle on uh, disinformation and misinformation. So let's look at what's happening in real time. This is from the Washington Post. The Internet has been a huge boon for the accessibility of information. There are a few barriers to consuming classic literature or detailed scientific analysis or catalogs of news reports. There's also an exorbitant amount of garbage information, of course, and the entire universe of people who say stuff that think will get people clicks and they'll earn themselves some money. While confidence in American institutions has been in decline for some time, it's not hard to imagine how the economic incentives of the Internet contribute. There is an outsized appetite for derogatory, counterintuitive, or anti-institutional assessments of the world around us. Counterintuitive. I don't know, men having babies. That seems counterintuitive. This is part of because of the alleged scandals that are increasing and in part because Americans like to view themselves as independent analysts of the world around us. The result is there's both a supply and a demand for nonsense or appealingly framed errors. Americans who have little trust in the system can easily find something to reinforce their skepticism, and they often do. This article goes on to say, you should not do your own research. You need to find someone you trust and just listen to them. If I am someone that you happen to trust, let me just say, I do not ask for your trust. I ask that you do your own homework and keep an open mind, even when you think you're absolutely right. If we are not listening to other points of view, then we are saying we know everything. I don't know everything. I hope I'm wrong on a lot of this stuff. Don't think I am. But as soon as somebody comes into my world and says, look, this is the way it is, and can show me logically, not just shut up, hate monger, but can show me the case logically, I'm there. I'm there. I don't want to believe these things, but I do. And what are those things that we believe in? Well, not the things that the elites now believe in. Here's another one. This is from NBC News. Disinformation poses an unprecedented threat in 2024, and the U.S. isn't ready. This according to researchers, technologists, and political scientists. As presidential election approaches, experts warn that a convergence of events at home and abroad on traditional and social media and amid an environment of rising authoritarianism, deep distrust and political and social unrest 
it makes the dangers from propaganda, falsehoods, and conspiracy theories more dire than ever. A U.S. presidential election comes during a historic year. Billions of people voting in elections in more than 50 countries all over Europe, India, Mexico, South Africa. And it comes at a time of ideal circumstances for disinformation and the people who spread it. An increasing number of voters have proven susceptible to disinformation from Donald Trump and his allies. Artificial intelligent technology is ubiquitous. Social media companies have slashed efforts to rein in misinformation on their platforms and attacks on the work and reputation of academics tracking disinformation have chilled the research. Wow, that is I'm so glad we have this information. This information is trust the experts, you know. For instance, the good folks at CNN, who in October of 2016, when there was WikiLeaks and all of the Clinton emails, Chris Cuomo told his viewers, it's illegal for you to possess emails leaked by the website WikiLeaks, and you should not read them. Rely entirely on the media to learn about their context and content. Oh, Wow, so he's got special powers. You shouldn't read it, but he will, and then he'll explain it to you because he speaks Latin. He's the high priest. Um, how, about, uh, how about this one? How about the border? How about COVID? How about the masks? How about six-foot distancing? How about it? the lab leak? That was completely, completely ridiculous. By the way, a new story out uh, from Blaze. Chinese researchers reportedly identified and mapped the COVID-19 virus weeks before China notified the world. The alarming findings raise serious concerns about China's transparency regarding the initial coronavirus outbreak. We told you this in the first year. We knew it, but we were conspiracy theorists. I had it dead to rights. I I showed you on the timeline. These things only make sense if they were already ahead of the game. It's the only way it made any sense. It would be counterintuitive to think that it wasn't a lab leak. But we were conspiracy theorists, and now we know, oh, the rest of the story now we know the truth so i just ask you every time you hear somebody say conspiracy theory you ask yourself have they been right on all of the other conspiracy theories or have they been wrong you have to do your own homework sorry washington post Sponsor this half hour is American Made, American Giant. There's a reason American Made has always carried a lot of weight with people. Because when you know something's made in America, every piece from the ground up, you know that you're getting true quality, a product with true merit made by people in this country for a fair wage. And that's exactly what you get when you shop for clothing at American Giant. Every stitch, every thread, every metal rivet, every drop of ink, 
is made and assembled here in America. You're not just buying clothing. You're investing in the process that will help save our country. We should be doing this with everything. But a great place to start is clothing. The cotton, the milling, the cutting, the sewing, 100% American. So buy American at American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Use my name, get 20% off your first order. It's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. 10 seconds, station ID. Oh, golly. Oh, by the way, as we're talking about misinformation, let me share one other thing. While the Department of Homeland Security has allowed as many as 10 million immigrants, immigrants, to flood our southern border, the domestic surveillance state has prioritized something more important. This according to now found documents by the Media Research Center, DHS paid $700,000 from a counterterrorism program to a self-described, self-described propaganda network to attack conservatives. The source of the funding was the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program, which was created under Barack Obama to target al-Qaeda. That was put on hold and then revived by then-acting DHS head Kevin McAllen. With uh, Miles Taylor, the infamous and insufferable anonymous resistance within the Trump administration, that funding circumvented the White House budgeting process. The beneficiary of the grant under President Joe Biden is the already taxpayer-funded University of Rhode Island's Media Education Lab. Propaganda can also be used for social beneficial purposes, the application read as it outlined its own counter-propaganda model. Indeed, because the public has long been recognized as being suggestible, the United States has long use and has used for beneficial propaganda purposes during World War I, World War II, and the Cold War. So these people went out, they partnered with the White House and the federal government with your tax dollars to equate MAGA supporters as anti-Semites and blaming Donald Trump for creating a darker, scarier, angry, less hopeful country. Propaganda proven done by the people who are lecturing us about disinformation. Glenn Beck. I don't think I'm going to be having any of that. Now, listen. When you kill somebody, even in self-defense, if you have to ever pull your gun, you have to know that you're going to go through hell for at least a year. They are going to come after you. Um, I mean, unless you live really honestly in Texas currently, um, they're going to come after you. And, you know, there should be a process. You're killing somebody. I don't want to pull my gun unless I am sure I am going to kill them. Um, and you don't pull a gun out to wound anybody. That has always bothered me, and there is one step. It bothers my wife a great deal, and I just know her. She would just not pull her gun unless you were harming our children. Um, Deadly force is necessary sometimes, but other times it's not. And you can. there's now a burner, a burna launcher that is unbelievable that will has powerful deterrence, kinetic rounds that will push you back, a 60-foot range, 
One shot can anticipate, uh, incapacitate an attacker for 40 minutes because it's launching tear gas. Burna, B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. 10% off your purchase now. Burna dot com slash Glenn. It's like we've got a broken copy machine and just ordered a pizza. Ding dong. Mm. We're going to talk some sexy, sexy things right now. It's going to get kind of steamy in here. Because we're going to talk about ooh, that Supreme Court case that's so supreme. Chevron deference. Oh, yeah. And we have the super hot, super sexy Senator Eric Schmidt, who must appreciate this. (laughs) (laughs) This intro. Hello, Eric. How are you? Oh, Glenn, that's why you're that's why you're a Hall of Famer. Only you. <laughs> I'm thinking about having you on, and I'm like, nobody wants to talk about Chevron deference because it's <laughs> not sexy at all. <laughs> oh man, that's good. So anyway, uh, Chevron deference is so important. What hap- is happening this week, and we'll find out in June. Could it could be? It's not the silver bullet, but it is one of the silver bullets to put our country back onto a constitutional balance of power. Uh, can you explain Chevron deference? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so this is not getting a lot of play. So I, I appreciate you uh, making this as interesting as possible because it's mm-hmm. one of these things that has happened, <clears throat> and uh, really one of the building blocks, this Chevron deference of the administrative state that is really antithetical to the vision of the founders, you know, this accountability, dispersing power. So back in Hang the 1980s, just a second, Eric. Just, can you, can, Sarah, can you help him out a little bit? Just a little bit, Aaron. Go ahead and hit that again. And then Garrett, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to have to tune that out. I'm going to have to act like I'm shooting free throws and people right. are yelling at me. <laughs> but um, so basically, Woodrow Wilson, who I would argue is maybe the worst president uh, in our country's oh, yeah. history. Oh, it's getting break, hot in here break. again. <laughs> <laughs> Just made the Woodrow. I'm going to whisper Woodrow Wilson. Um, <laughs> but anyway, right. so you see the growth. You see the growth of these agencies over time and uh, all these alphabet agencies that, that take on enormous power over people's lives. They can destroy businesses and livelihoods and take away liberty. How did we get here? One of the reasons we got here is there's this case called Chevron uh, that was decided in the 1980s that basically said, look, if, the, if Congress hasn't specifically spelled something out, that there's some ambiguity we're going to defer to an agency's interpretation of that as long as it's quote unquote reasonable. So what that has led to over time is uh, the courts just saying things are ambiguous and then agreeing and going along with an agency's interpretation. This case that's in front of the Supreme court right now, this what's called Looper bright or relentless, which I think is a better name. There's a second plaintiff. Essentially there was a, a 1970s law 
that said uh, for for fishery fishery management plan that uh, would allow observers to be on the vessel. Okay, so that's kind of how it worked. There were observers on the vessel. The government was paying for the observers. Then all of a sudden, more recently, the the agency said, "Well, now you got to pay for the observers." And they said, "Well, wait a minute." That's never how it's been done before. And where does that say it in the statute? And of course it doesn't say in the statute. The agency just wanted it that way. So they lost at the lower court level. This issue is now in front of the Supreme court. It's on that particular issue, but it's about this broader Chevron deference issue. If my hope is um, that the conservative justices would overturn Chevron, this is sort of a Holy grail for people who want to get back to how our founders viewed the role of government, which is correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. I mean, wasn't this written by Scalia? Yeah, no, it's actually one of the great paradoxes later on. So he was an advocate for it. And then later on, as it played out, he soured on the idea. Um, And so, yeah, it's one of the great, it's one of the great ironies. I mean, Justice Scalia, maybe, maybe the greatest, if not one of the greatest um, justices of all time, um, and, and the climate, I think, was different. They viewed it a little bit differently then, but certainly how it's played out, um, this has been a total disaster. So as you know, right. when I was AG and now in the Senate, one, my maiden speech was about two great threats to the republic, the narrowing of the bandwidth of free speech and then the growth of the administrative state. And there's a few things we can do, like Senator Lee and I are taking on the RAINS Act, which would say Congress should have to vote on any new regulation before it goes into effect. That would slow this thing down. You should make them pull back three regs before they issue one reg. There are some things you can do that's deep structural reform, but this court case that was argued in front of the Supreme Court yesterday, they'll probably be handed out, handed down in June, would go a long way in the legal process of defanging these agencies because no longer would the, would the courts just say, well, the agency's in charge of this, this is what they've said, we're gonna go with that. Instead, because, they'll look to the statute and say, what does the statute actually say? And if it doesn't allow it, the tie doesn't go to the runner or the agency. The tie actually goes to the individual. And so you you would empower Congress. They would have to take their power back. They'd have to pass the laws yeah. and the regulations, which is the way it's supposed to work. How? Give me a yeah. real-life big example on how this could change the average person's life if they go, they get rid of this? Well, in the broadest sense, you're right. The Article One branch, our Congress, they're, they're no uh, saints in this either. They have willingly ceded yes. this authority to the agencies because here's the game that gets played in Washington is they say, they go back home and say, I voted for the greatest bill in the world. Yep. And then they say, somebody asks a question, they say, but I can't believe what the EPA just did. Right. Yes. So they get to have it both ways. And what I want to see, and I think what you want to see and what others want to see is make us accountable for this. So if you're going to pass a law that deals with, you know, greenhouse emissions, right? Well, part of the problem now is Congress hasn't done that. Congress hasn't signed on to the Green New Deal. Right. So all of this effort that and the money that's going to China now, all of this is being done by these agencies because the president wants their agencies to go do this. So this would say basically, it, listen, if, if Congress hasn't weighed in on this, you don't get to do it. We're not just going to defer to you because you claim there's some ambiguity in the statute from the 1950s. So this would put the onus back on Congress. 
And uh, that's where it should be, because ultimately, yeah. if you think about the system we have, it's meant to spread out power vertically, horizontally through separation of powers and federalism, right? That's one piece of it. But it's also based on accountability, because every six years in the Senate and every two years in the House, you have to go before the voters and they can actually now say, were you in favor of this? Did you support this? Did you vote yes or right. did you vote no on this? As opposed to blaming it on some agency that nobody has any idea who the deputy undersecretary of, you know, some agency never heard of is. Well, already, you know, we're reading reports that the Biden administration is looking for looking to the administrative officials on ways that they can block anything that Trump might do if he comes in. And that's the problem. The president can come in. But if the structure is there, it's so deep and so um, intertwined with everything, it will take it will take massive time and shears to start cutting those things back. Uh, and meanwhile, they just keep adding more and more and more. That's right. And, and we had, when I was attorney general, we had the student loan debt forgiveness case, for example. Yes. We took that all the way to Supreme Court and won. Glenn, that was, that was a half a trillion dollars that the president thought, <clears throat> relying on some statute that didn't apply, that he could wipe away a half a trillion dollars worth of student loan debt to fulfill a campaign promise. That is not what this country is supposed to be about. What's supposed no. to happen is the question should be put before Congress. Do you want to do this or not? And then we vote on it. And so I do think this case will go a long way in putting that accountability back in our system. And, and I, and, you know, pe- people, well, I think an important point here is beyond just the specifics of how it's going to help individuals or businesses, you know, reign in government. There is also a real important kernel of truth in all this. If you want to understand why people are so frustrated, I think, with what goes on in Washington is they feel like they send people there and things don't really ever change. And part of that is there's this sort of fourth branch of government that's untouchable, which is the administrative state. So if we can do our job, rein that in, this court case is a big part of it. I think over time it's good for the republic because people will, you know, again, feel like, their government or people they send there are accountable to them, not, you know, again, some amorphous agency that no one's ever heard of. Let me uh, let me ask you a final question. I read a lot of um, reports that say the justices were asking the questions that make one believe that they might actually go deep, not narrow, but deep on this. Do you feel that way? I do. I think that probably the justice to watch here is uh, Justice Roberts, who is just sort of well known as kind of an incrementalist. Um, And uh, whether they kind of they've been chipping away at this um, a little bit, you know, over the last, I would say, five to seven years, they've been chipping away at some of this deference. But I think they've got the kill shot here if they want to take it. I think they will. If I had to bet on it right now, I think they will. But it's, it's not a foregone conclusion, but this is the best shot. The people in these legal circles, I will tell you, there's been a desire to find the case that you can put before the Correct. court to test this again. And I th- this is the case. So this is, this is really one to watch. And, and again, it's really under the radar because it's not about you know guns or abortion or some of the things that typically are on the front page, but it would have a really significant um, impact uh, ultimately on the role of government in people's lives. Um, you, the other thing you mentioned, um, quickly, cause I'm out of time, but the other thing you mentioned was freedom of speech. And we have been watching the World Economic Forum and what they're doing. And mis and disinformation is now their number one priority because there's going to be more people in the world voting 
this year than ever before in human history. And they know. Uh, and so they've got to control the spin and the media. And we are already seeing this happening through NBC News, uh, NBC News. Uh, what was the other one this week? And then the Independent that are actually naming me and the Blaze as critical disinformation uh, outlets. And we take this very seriously, obviously. Can we can I give you a shout? And I, I'd like to make sure that your staff has all we look for it specifically and i'm sure your staff does but we'd like to make sure you're seeing all of the things that are coming out on this because it's becoming very very dangerous definitely and it's terrifying glenn as you know our rights are come from god and government's job is supposed to protect those rights principle is the idea of of self-expression your ability to speak your mind and that's why the first amendment is so important and it's terrifying the uh, degree to which these so-called leaders want to control the speech. I guess it's not oh, that yeah. surprising. It's been the way of the world for a long time, but not in this country. The Missouri versus Biden lawsuit that I filed that's in front of the Supreme Court, by the way, uh, is a big part of that. I've also filed legislation, Glenn, you'll appreciate this, to empower every individual that's censored by the government to sue that government official responsible for it directly. So instead of one attorney general doing this, an army of citizens whose rights have been violated to go out I think that will have a deterrent effect. We've got to look for more solutions to stop this because there's nowhere else to go. You look at that World Economic Forum, you've got a bunch of people who are hell-bent on power and control. That's all it is. It's meant to quell dissent. It's meant to intimidate, and they cannot win. Well, as sexy as ever, Eric. As sexy <laughs> as ever. <laughs> uh, Senator Eric Schmidt, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. All right, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye. You bet. Uh <laughs> What a good sport on that one. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Car Shield. You know your your car when it runs out of warranty, we're all just rolling the dice. You know we know it's going to happen at some point, and um, it's going to cost a lot of money. Especially now, everything has gone through the roof. Car repairs are up. I can't remember what it was, but it's some absurd percentage now to fix your car um, for a hundred dollars a month. You can get flexible month-to-month coverage, your choice of an ASE-certified mechanic, 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, complimentary towing, rental car options, no long-term contracts that you're locked into, and they fix more parts than ever before. It's like 5,000 parts all the way from, you know, the little things all the way to chips and transmissions. Uh, So if you are considering your budget and the whole inflation thing, one other thing you should be aware of, your price will never go up. No matter how many claims you file, no matter how much mileage is on your car, it will never go up. So get carshield.com slash Beck. carshield.com slash Beck. You can also call them at 800-227-6100, but make sure you use the promo code BECK. You'll save 20% on your plan. 800-227-6100, carshield.com slash BECK. The following content identifies as a commercial. Isn't that lovely? The Glenn Beck Program. We'll be right back. I want to thank uh, Grace Blazer and everybody at 610 WIOD for being so gracious today and 
letting us broadcast from their legendary studios. Uh, IOD is, I mean, it's 100 years old. I think it's like 98 years old now uh, and has just a storied history of giants that have been uh, uh, walking the hallways here. I mean, for Phil Hendry, uh, did he start at IOD doing that no, stuff? No, no, but I, that's where I found him. When I, I was yeah. living in that area in the right, mid-90s, I guess, which is a million years ago now, but... Uh, it's a legendary station. That lineup at that time with had Phil Hendry and Neil Rogers and mm. uh, Rick and Suds and uh, Aaron Summers, I think was her name. Um, all, all I know is I remember just that's all I did all the time at that point was listen to WIOD obsessively. It was just the greatest. It was it was insane. The radio station that's really legendary that a lot of people around the country might not know about that period. But man, it was it was impressive. It, it so uh, set, Stu, it set Stu radio came, for a long time. Yeah. yeah, Stu came. You were what, 18 when we first met uh, and he was blowing up balloons at some promotion yeah. uh, and uh, you were working for uh, the uh, promotions department of the local radio station and I was there and mm-hmm. I was about to get into talk radio and he started talking to me about WIOD and how he listened and Phil Hendry and, and how brilliant these people are and I saw something in him. He reminded me of me uh, when I was his age. A loser. Is what I understand yes, what you're saying. Yes, I get it. Yes. I, you know, yeah, and when sure. you're my age now, uh, you'll still be a loser, uh, <laughs> just like me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, we started talking about it. And I said, you know, I'm going to get into talk radio. And uh, I was an absolute loser at the time and, you know, probably had no future. Uh, and Stu rolled the dice and was like, yeah, I'll come in. I you interned for me and we've been together ever since. And uh, we've made something of ourselves. Here I am, Stu. You're not here yet, but here I am at 610 (laughs) WIOD. The Glenn Beck Program. times have you been watching tv or you know listening to even me on the radio and you're screaming at the radio and you're like no 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 that's not the argument uh it's one of the reasons why i like uh vivek ramaswamy so much is he never gets flustered uh he's always got just a pithy point and he's just right to it i think on the on the side of freedom i think the one of the best voices on our side is Douglas Murray. He's the author of The War on the West. He's the Spectator Associate uh, uh, Editor. He's written a whole buttload of books. You're seeing him everywhere because he is, uh, he's just so clear on right and wrong and freedom and slavery right now. I had um, Anna Stanley on from England 
and she was talking to me about uh, a counterterrorism course for civil servants in the UK, and his name was brought up, and so was Joe Rogan's name, as people the government would like to suppress, but they're just hoping that someone in the private sector might step up and do it. We're going to talk to uh, the one and the only Douglas Murray in 60 seconds. Let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Um, When you get to the end of the month and you're paying the bills, you want to pay the bills with uh, something that, you know, to a company that is actually not working against you. And those are hard to find sometimes. They're becoming more and more uh, plentiful as we develop a, uh, a secondary market or a parallel economy. And in that parallel economy, been there now for 10 years, is Patriot Mobile. And I have grown to really love these people because... Their, their goal is to make a great phone company and save you money and get you the same service that you already have. If you're on with one of the big three, you literally get exactly the same cell coverage because they're on the same cell towers, but you'll save money. So that's job number one. But the reason why they started that is so they could do something that people would want, make money, and then use that money to fight for our God-given rights and the U.S. Constitution. And they are on the front lines. I love these people. PatriotMobile.com. I don't carry a cell phone. I have a cell phone because I wanted to be a subscriber of Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Or you can call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation if you use the promo code Beck. It's 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Back. Douglas Murray joins us now. Douglas, how are you, sir? Very good, thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, I, I can't thank you enough for your voice and your logic and your reason. Um, you are just—you are one of the more powerful piece, people out there, and I think that's why you're being targeted. Um, did, did you happen to see the article um, that I was talking about with um, uh, Anna Stanley? Yes, I did. Um, I read it with considerable alarm. This is yeah. a, a young a young woman who worked for the Foreign Office. She was an, intelligence, an open intelligence analyst, sent on a government training program to learn more about counter-terrorism, counter-extremism. And, of course, she revealed in the piece that, uh, first of all, many of the, or several of the participants, the lecturers, completely downplayed Islamic extremism when terrorism, yes. which... The British government does regard, and the intelligence services do regard as the primary threat to security right. in the UK. And they and no of mention of that. immigration playing a role in that. None. No, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. Why, why, right. why would they talk about anything that was truthful? Yeah. Um, and uh, but the, yes, and but more alarming to me was even than that was the fact that one of the lecturers, a man called Peter Newman, uh, um, is a very uh, sinister figure in my view. Um, said that the main threat, or one of the main threats, was from so-called far-right people. And yes. he named me and uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Friend. Joe Listen, Rogan. Let, me, let me quote uh, the two paragraphs that, you're, that, that says this. The lecturer further argued, argued that Douglas Murray and Joe Rogan are both examples of the far-right. To what extent, <laughs> I'm quoting, should Joe Rogan and Douglas Murray be suppressed, he asked, they have millions of followers. To deplatform them would cause issues. Conclude. Whoops. 
Did we lose him? Concluding his talk, the lecturer uh, told a room full of government professionals, so society needs to find other ways to suppress them. Is Douglas with us? You getting him back? Easiest way to suppress him is to hang up on him in the middle of the interview. Exactly right. That's. (laughs) <laughs> That's the private sector suppressing him, I'll tell you that right now. There you go. We see what side you're on. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was just a, it was a coincidence and I've deleted all my files about hanging oh. up on Douglas Murray. Oh, it's accident. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> that's sad. That's yeah. sad. Uh yeah, it's amazing to be the people who are actually targeted in the middle of this too. It's like it's one thing to talk about it as an issue. You know, it's one thing to say, okay, well, these things may happen or they are happening. But like when it's happening to you, obviously, Glenn, you were named in that in that article. I was not um, <laughs> just to keep the record clear, uh, <laughs> but it's it's got to be hard to go through it. Right. When yeah. You're the one so actually named. Yeah. He's back. You know, I think, Douglas, you're back. Thank you. I'm sorry. We were just suppressing your voice there for a minute. Um, uh, but uh you know, what, what's what's really frightening here is I've been talking about this stuff coming for a long time, and we've been hearing reports that they're doing this or that. They are so outspoken on this and so bold, and they are so far down the line. What do you think's coming yeah. for you? Um, I don't know, other than that there's no way anyone on Earth is going to suppress or silence me. Um uh, but I do think it's extraordinary the confidence that certain yes. people have that they can suppress uh, those of us who say things which I think are not only popular but true. Um, uh, but I thought it was fascinating that this man who has almost no following or recognition himself and who's an expert in a non-expertise, um, you know, that, that he should think that he could or other people should uh, suppress me and since it wasn't just about suppressing my voice i've got my lawyers writing to his employers to find out what he has in mind for me yeah uh, who, well they were in that very thing they were talking about ba- using banks and everything and we know they're doing this you know yes. uh and and uh you know i i said about four or five years ago that there's going to come a time where they are going to build a digital ghetto uh, and I know all the implications of using those words. And I was called an anti-Semite and everything else. But that is what they're building. You know, the Jews can talk all they want. They can do whatever they want just behind this wall. So nobody mm. sees them or hears them. And that's exactly the direction we're going. Um, yes, and, and, uh, and there's, there's, there's very particular moves that they're doing to make that. One is this use of the term far right which alarms me enormously because, of course, there are some people, particularly in Europe, who are what we would call far right. They're yes. nowhere near the centers of power. But in bits of Germany and elsewhere, you know, there are very nasty sure. things in the woodshed. And um, unfortunately, what, what people have done in recent years, as you well know, is that in the name of re- really nothing other than political opportunism, certain people have decided to extend the parameters of what is allegedly far right. And what they've done is they've extended it not just to people, as on this occasion, I mean, it's absurd to call me or Joe Rogan far right, palpably, demonstrably absurd. Yes. But what they're really doing is they're trying to make public opinion be deemed far right. And not yes. just some public opinion, but majority uh-huh. public opinion. Uh-huh. Most people in the United States States and the United Kingdom are deeply concerned about illegal migration. 
But once you say concerned about illegal migration is far right, therefore the majority of the public are called far right. And that has a lot of implications these people don't think about. First of all, is that, of course, it makes actual far right uh, become completely yes. normal because you're just saying, oh, well, everything's far right now. And the second thing it does is that it defames and libels majority public concerns, which are legitimate concerns. You know, Americans are right to be fearful about the implications of having an entirely porous southern border. And the Europeans and British people and others are completely right to be concerned about having a totally porous southern border. And to call these concerns extreme or to try to chuck them out of the mainstream is something so anti-democratic and anti-the populace that I'm just very alarmed that the way in which this was caught on. Well, I don't know if you've been following Davos. I sure you, I'm sure you have this week. Of course. But yeah, but they're making mis and disinformation the number one priority. And here in America, we've already had the Wall Street Journal. Uh, we've had two stories now from NBC News uh, this week on disinformation. List, listen to this paragraph in the story from NBC News. An increasing number of voters have proven susceptible to disinformation from former President Donald Trump and his allies. Artificial intelligence technology is ubiquitous. Social media companies have slashed efforts to rein in misinformation on their platforms. And attacks on the work and reputation of academics tracking disinformation have chilled the research. So they're they're hmm. making the case that, you know, anybody who is even considering uh, voting for Donald Trump, you are you've been captured by disinformation, which leads you to where Jordan Peterson is today. You've got to go to a re-education camp. Right. Well, th that's the thing, you know, is that this whole concept that there are experts and then there's us plebs. Yes. Part of this problem. And the problem is not just how rude it is about us, the people, we the people, to coin a phrase. It's the fact that these self-appointed experts are not expert in many occasions. Like, I mean, mm. the BBC, the BBC has a disinformation expert now, and she keeps on pumping out disinformation. She keeps on getting things wrong. Well, normally, that's the ebb and flow of journalism. You know, one paper publishes one story, another paper says they're wrong. That's fine. But this idea that we have this sort of new priesthood class of yeah. academics, academics, experts in disinformation, sorry, as the person we were just mentioning earlier from King's College London has shown, academics are perfectly capable of pumping out lies and disinformation. Well, I would right. to cite the famous Bill Buckley quote, you know, I'd rather go to the first hundred people in the phone book to find out what's true, yep. than say than say the uh, the the board of Harvard University. Yes, you know there's a story in the Washington Examiner that just came out. Listen to this: While the Department of Homeland Security has allowed as many as 10 million immigrants into the flood our southern border, domestic surveillance state has prioritized something more important. Uh, according to uh, documents now unearthed by the Media Research Center, DHS paid $700,000 from a counterterrorism program to a self-described propaganda network 
The source of the funding was Targeted Violence and Terrorism uh, Prevention Grant Program, which was created by um, Barack Obama to target uh, Al-Qaeda. That was put on hold and then clandestinely revived by the then acting uh, DHS head, Kevin McLeanan, uh, and Miles Taylor, the infamous and insufferable anonymous resistance within the Trump administration, the funding circumvented the White House budgeting process. The beneficiary of the grant under President Joe Biden is the University of Rhode Island's Media Education Lab. In their application for the money, it said propaganda can also be used for socially beneficial purposes. Indeed, because the public has long recognized as being suggestible, the United States has, a long, has long made use of the beneficial propaganda during World War I, World War II, and the Cold War. So what they did is they were the source coming after MAGA supporters and saying that they're far-right, anti-Semites. This is funded by our government, and they're the ones yeah. telling us about disinformation? Well, that's that's the other thing. In, in, so if I was somebody in the situation of, of, of government in the last 15 years, I think I would want to try at least to take a look at myself and wonder where I'd gone yep. wrong, you know? Yep. And you yep. don't see that humility at all. I would wonder, you know, instead of saying the public don't trust scientists anymore, I would say, what have the scientists done in recent years and Thank scientific you. experts? like Dr. Fauci, what might they have done that slightly led the, the, the country into doubting scientists? Uh, if I was a, a, a political pundit or a political expert within government in Washington, I would wonder, you know, not what it is that the public have got wrong, but what it, what it is we have done in recent years that has undermined yep. trust in the, the democratic process and much more. And it never, yep. I never see it, you know. Never, As a writer and a thinker, I try to do self, um, I, I try to be self-critical. I try yep. to think about whether I've got something wrong. And these people just don't. They're never wrong. It's always no. us, the public, that are wrong and need to Doug be corrected. Douglas Murray, um, we'll be back in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about Rough Green. Sharon wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She says our pit bull, Molly, is a rescue. Very rough shape when we adopted her 10 months ago. She responded well to high-quality dog chow, but her coat still had a small smell that bathing didn't eliminate. She's been on Rough Greens now for several weeks, and she loves eating it on her food. And her coat... Sorry, I'm... I'm either having bad gas problems or somebody is drilling on the other side of a wall. <laughs> She's been on Rough Greens for several weeks now. She likes eating it on her food. Her coat smells much better, more energetic. Thank you for Rough Greens. This was developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on your dog's food. They love the stuff, and you will see a difference in your dog. If it's healthy for your dog, it's, ooh, excuse me, still going. Whew, maybe I need some Rough Greens. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. They're going to give you your first trial bag for free. 833-GLEN-33. Call them today. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, uh, Douglas Murray, what do you... What should the average person do? Because this is with with more people voting 
for uh, their officials more than any time in in U.S. or world history this year. More people will be voting in free and fair elections, hopefully, uh, than ever before. What do we do? How do we how do we solve this? Because they're they are going to start putting us one by one behind a wall that will not be easy to spot at first. Um, I think I think it'll, it's increasingly easy to spot, if I can say so. I think that the public today is so much more informed. We are so much more informed than we were 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And one of the things is that a lot of things, that tricks that could have been pulled on us 30 years ago are now very, very transparent. Um, we have media that can address the problems when you know parts of the mainstream media get things wrong we are no longer able to be simply lectured to or sermonized to from a pulpit at the new york times we we no longer you know have a sort of innocence that we had as a public in the past and i think that's a good thing and it means that we're all we, we it, we're all beholden to sort of know more admittedly and to see through more and to recognize just that just as it's true that sometimes we, we are told things that are completely true and we should trust some authorities some of the time, we also shouldn't be completely trusting. And we can be skeptical and we can, you know, do our own research, to use a phrase that is now poo-pooed by the so-called experts who say that mm-hmm. it's dangerous for the public to do their own research. You know, we shouldn't be endlessly cynical, but nor should we be endlessly um, supine. We shouldn't be endlessly trusting. And we don't need to be. You know, if somebody simply told you, gave you one opinion on something incredibly important in your life, you probably wouldn't follow it. You'd probably want to check. Like, you know, if, when I get motor insurance, I don't go to one place for my, for my, my you know, yeah. insurance. Going for it, I look around. Well, if we can do that with our cars, we can do it with our lives. And we can do it with our political future. Um, and, and that's what we're all doing. And anyone who says, I'm the only font of news, I'm the only font of correct opinion, don't trust anyone other than me, is somebody you should distrust. And, and that, you know, frankly, you know, the Washington Post tagline, democracy dies in darkness. You know, well, yeah, sure it does. And media can die in darkness as well. And sometimes the people who say we're the only ones you can trust, like the Washington Post, might just be the ones who end up slipping in some fibs along the way. Yeah. That's what they've done. And I think that we, the public, are in a much better position now than we ever have been before to see through it. Douglas, always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything. Such a pleasure. You bet. Great pleasure. Thank you. Um, so, by the way, talking about the Washington Post, here's the headline uh, from the story that he was referring to. Doing your own, re- this is Washington Post, doing your own research is a good way to end up being wrong. Well, yeah, you could be wrong, uh, but just listening to the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN and even Fox News, uh, you got a you got an equal chance of being wrong there. Do your own research. Never close your mind. Never stop asking questions. Humble yourself so you're not arrogant. I know what the truth is. Always be open to hearing a different opinion, and you will find the truth. Prayerfully, you will find the truth. Glenn Beck.
All right, you sick freak. It is uh, Friday. Let me tell you about our sponsor. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Look, when you're selling or buying a house, you want to have the least hassle. Um, you know, you, you want it to sell fast. You want it to sell for the most amount of money. If you're like me, I want somebody to get a fair deal, and I want a fair deal. If it's not good for both of us, it's not a good deal. Um, and when you're buying a house, you feel the same way. Look, I, I want you to make money on your house, but please don't gouge my eyes out. Now, how do you do that? You need a real expert to help you. Somebody who has been in the market, knows the market, has the best advertising uh, ability, so they're already driving people to their website, so they already have people ready to buy your house. You need realestateagentsitrust.com. These people do not work for me, but this is my company. We vet them and we monitor them to make sure that you have the best experience that you can. Realestateagentsitrust.com. If we don't have one in your area, we're not going to just go find one. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The code is Glenn30, and you can subscribe and get 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Let me, uh, let me hit a couple of things. Um, first of all, the, uh, we've just hit the Houthis again, the fifth strike now. Uh, and here's the president asked yesterday, are these airstrikes effective? Are they stopping the Houthis? Listen to his response. Cut eight. All right, cut are seven. the airstrikes in Yemen working? Well... When you say working, are they stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. What? <laughs> oh. What a government response. When you say, is it working? I mean, well, it's not changing the behavior, but it's going to keep going. <laughs> I mean, the missiles are operating uh, as we predicted. They are yes. going up in the air and eventually coming and down. There, we want to make sure that those million-dollar missiles, you know, we put on a show for the Houthis, <laughs> and, they're, and they're just loving it. One other thing, uh, there is the, uh, you know, um, uh, Javier Malay went to speak at Davos, and he spoke in Spanish. And then we had a very bad translator who is just reading it like and another thing i'm here to warn you that your hair is on fire <laughs> and it had no expression at all somebody has taken ai and re regenerated his speech in his voice speaking in english cut one don't be intimidated by the political caste or the parasites who live off the state don't yield to a political class that only wants to prolong its power and preserve its privileges. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You are the creators of the most extraordinary era of prosperity we have ever experienced. Don't let anyone say ambition is immoral. If you earn money, it's because you provide a superior product, better price, contributing to well-being. Do not yield to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. 
and know that from today you have Argentina as an unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long life freedom, damn it. I mean, I don't know when he started to sound Indian. He's <laughs> Didn't he sound a little like Gandhi there? <laughs> a Maybe. A little bit. Yeah. It's amazing, though. That's but, the, and, and for those listening on radio, the video, they did it with video, too. I mean, it's, it looks just like he's saying just it. like he's saying it. I, yeah. I don't know how we're going to keep this under control. People we're fall not. for the dumbest crap. We're they're, they're not. Gonna, they're never, I mean, think of the things that people fall for all the time. I, and they're, I they're not going to fall for an actually perfect looking speech when someone's going to say that it's fake. Like someone's going to say, put a video out of Donald Trump saying something horrible that he didn't say. And you think people are going to, you think people are going to believe it? Of course they are. I I have to tell you, I'm, I've been talking to my attorneys recently about how do I protect my voice and my image? And they're like, dude, don't worry about the image. That thing is, (laughs) that train has long pulled out of the station. AI will probably improve it. Uh, Yeah. He's like, (laughs) He's like, there is nothing, makeup, AI, nothing can do for that. Um, but, uh, you know, because this is going to happen and it's going to be easy to make people say, and and you'll see it. Remember when we, when we first got into this, Stu, and you were an intern for the show, and I said, there's going to come a point where you won't believe your eyes. This is it. We're here. You can't, you can't believe your ears or your eyes anymore. Uh, I mean, think about it, too. Um, Every single every single time this happens, right, like this this video that we just played. Yeah, you the way people know that it's A.I. is that you just told them that it's A.I. Right. That's the only way, you know, that it's A.I. is that Glenn just said it was A.I. Now, how does Glenn know? Well, the only reason Glenn knows it's A.I. is because someone else reported that it was A.I. And at some point, someone's going to try to to do this not in a way because this was just a way to assist people to understand what he said like it was just a cool little project someone Mm -hmm. some dark state actor is going to try to do this to someone and we're not going to know and the media is not going to come out and rescue that person there is an app that i think people should have there is an app that every video is run through and you can see if it's been augmented or changed so and i don't know i don't know how accurate it is i don't know you know, if you can beat it, but somebody will beat it, especially a deep state actor. One other thing, and then I got to get to uh, Fannie Willis because this story is amazing. Uh, here's the Wall Street editor in chief at Davos talking about mis and disinformation. Listen to this. Cut four. So if you go back really not not that long ago, as I say, we kind of we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers and we very much owned the facts as well. If it said it in The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. So it's no longer good enough for us just to say, this is what happened or here's, here's, this is the news. We have to explain, our, almost like explain our working. So readers expect to understand how we source stories. They want to know um, uh, how we go about getting stories. They, we have to sort of lift the bonnet, as it were, and in a way that newspapers you know, aren't used to doing and explain to people what we're doing. We need to be much more transparent about how we go about collecting the news. Uh, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, but I was a little disturbed by the we are the gatekeepers. You know, one thing I, I, I was thinking about recently with um, Christianity and and sometimes we just get so pompous in our 
in our our knowledge about God and how right we are. Uh, and uh, it bothers me when, and I'm talking about me, if I ever become like a gatekeeper, like, well, no, 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 he can't come in. No, no, I'm the keeper of the gate. I'm not the keeper of the gate. You're not the keeper of the gate. We should be the welcoming committee. That's what we should be. Uh, and when it comes to truth, I'm not going to tell you what the truth is and what the truth isn't. I'm going to give you my well-researched opinion on that. And facts can change. And I will correct it. But I'm the welcoming committee here. I, I welcome truth. I'm welcoming it in. Come on. And we'll examine it from all sides. And that is our own personal responsibility to do that. I'm going to take a quick break because I want to come back with a Fannie Willis story. This story is getting, she's the woman that is going after Donald Trump in Georgia. Now, if you're going after somebody, the thing I wouldn't do is be involved in corruption in my personal life and my professional life. I would try to make sure that, you know, I didn't have any dirt that people were. You will not believe what this is turning into. We go there in just a few minutes. Stand by. First, uh, our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Getting out of bed in the morning, sometimes it is really hard. Getting to bed uh, sometimes is really hard because you just are in so much pain. You're just like, I just, I just, I just want to sleep. I just want it to go away. Keeping pain at bay so you can do what you want to do and be who you really are. Uh, is really difficult at times. And you want something all natural, something that doesn't, you know, whack you out. Now, uh, Relief Factor is not something that you take when you have a headache or anything else. It is a natural supplement that helps your body fight inflammation all the time. Uh, and that is the main source of most of our pain, is our body is inflamed. 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain, 70% of the people who try the three-week quick start go on to order more. Uh, why would you do that? Because if it's not working in three weeks at all, it's probably not going to work. And we'll tell you that right up front. They also have their, um, their money-back guarantee. Feel better or your money back. So give it a try. If you're in pain, try this for three weeks. 1995 quick start, relieffactor.com. 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF relieffactor.com feel the difference you're listening to the swinging sounds of glenn beck sit tight boys and girls we'll be right back after these messages Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. So let's talk a little bit about Fannie Willis, the woman who is uh, leading the prosecution against Donald Trump in Georgia. Yeah, her situation's getting a little complicated. You know, <laughs> when you when you have what is the is it Facebook that used to have the thing with your relationships that and you it's complicated. That's kind of mm -hmm. where it is with Fannie. Mm -hmm. uh, she, of course, is going after Trump on nine hundred and forty seven zillion charges. Um, and, and her approach has been sort of hit pretty hard by the legal community saying uh, she's overreaching here. 
But it also seems like the type of thing that they could get Donald Trump on because you're going to a jury that's not going to be friendly and they are trying to blow this into the biggest uh, case of all time, widely expansive. So the the everyone knows that part, I guess. But when you get to this part where you get Fannie Willis who hires someone uh, and there's a friendship there, I guess, is, is the way she's trying to describe it. Now, look... <laughs> Friends with benefits, the charges, I guess. Very uh, strong benefits. Very strong benefits. Benefits that just she's screaming, benefits at the top of her lung Mm -hmm. and her neighbors can hear. Right. And so at least that's the uh, alleged, 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 alleged. Yes. They're probably just friends. Right. Platonic. And so this kind of comes out. And a bunch of it has come out, you know, in different ways. But one part of it comes out in a divorce proceeding. The guy that she's supposedly having an affair with, she's accused of having this affair in the divorce proceeding. And at the same time, people notice, hey, he was hired by Fannie Willis for and paid over $600,000 in fees to work this case, even though... Isn't it like every all of the other experts in his role are being paid like a third of that? He's being way overpaid. The example, yeah, the example I know because she her her first reaction to this was I pay all of them equally. Um, mm-hmm. Then it no. came out that actually he was making I think two hundred fifty dollars an hour, and the the guy who actually wrote the statute that they're using to go after Trump is getting paid one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. <laughs> right. Which I mean, it seems like he might be the real expert here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so this is sort of dissolved now, and it's interesting to see her reaction to it because she immediately jumped to I'm going to a black church to give a speech about the about racism against black women who you can't call you can't say should be perfect. Black women shouldn't be perfect. We you can't hold them to this high standard. It's unfair to call them perfect. Like no one's asking you to be perfect. We would like you to I don't know follow the law, not be corrupt, and not, not be, corrupt. be corrupt. Yeah, you're having an affair. You're having an affair. Fine. Okay. Don't you know I don't recommend it. Not a great idea, but it's not against the law hiring this guy and putting him on payroll, paying him more than the other experts, putting him on payroll uh, and not going through the proper channels to make sure he's vetted for that job. That is a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And what we've told you here is what's been reported. It's it's interesting, though. It's hard at some times in these cases to know what's true. Right. You're talking about something behind bedroom doors and, and you know, this stuff yes. will come out over time. What I think is fascinating, though, is her reaction has been so bizarre and defensive immediately it's as if she knew these charges were going to be coming she had prepared a defense she was ready to roll out the pr response to it and honestly yeah. it's been if she's as bad at that as she you know as she is at uh, you know investigating cases um i this is going to be a catastrophe and it makes you almost optimistic for donald trump's future so Stu, if i say that you are obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal uh, prosecution. If I tell you that, does that bother you? Well, I mean, I would certainly hope I was. I mean, it wouldn't bother me legally, but it would. Right. I would be very bothered by it. Sure. Yeah, and you'd be like, I got to check out what I'm doing, right? Right. Sure. But if the attorney general uh, or the district attorney came in and said, "Stu, you are obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal prosecution," would that bother you? Yes, very much so. Why? Well, I'd be worried I was breaking the law, that I was going to be thrown in prison, that I was going to be charged with something. I mean, yes, I, because the person saying it to you is the person who can charge you with it. Right. They have the power. So, 
It's a threat. It's either informative, stop doing it, or a threat. Sure. She just came out and said Jocelyn Wade, who is married to the guy she's allegedly sleeping with, is using the legal process to harass and embarrass me, and in doing so is obstructing and interfering with an ongoing criminal prosecution. So she's saying by her bringing this up, she is uh, she is interfering with this grand prosecution of the former president of the United States. You know what? Make that charge. Don't just say it. Make the charge. And that's what Jocelyn's Jocelyn should say. Go ahead. Charge me with obstruction. Do it. Do it. She's not allowed to put what she believes the facts are of her marriage and her divorce uh, uh, paperwork like that. That's how she's getting in the way of this. I mean, what's the accusation that like this? She's a secret MAGA supporter. Right. A big time MAGA person who's just like, I just got to get the president. I mean, this is again, we get into these conspiracy theories all the time. And that's what how this should be treated as a conspiracy theory. But I mean, the, the idea that this woman is putting this in here to. I mean, you could see a situation where she's trying to get back at Fannie Willis because she's sleeping with her husband, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, Certainly yeah. you could see that type of situation playing out. I'm, not, to do I'm with... not saying she's Nell, you know, <laughs> looking for the Canadian Mountie. Oh, I'm innocent. I'm tied to the tracks. I'm not saying that. Right. She's a scorned woman. So, you know, the but she has a right to say these things in her criminal or i mean in her divorce trial and it makes way, a difference some way she's probably required to right i mean she's supposed to tell the truth if if, if this is happening and it, and it actually did occur as alleged then you know she's supposed to put it in the paperwork right it's if, if it's if it's you know important to the trial uh, people need to know next hour i want to talk to you about your new electric vehicle uh, I'm sure it was someplace in the fine print because everybody's saying, oh, no, everybody knew this. No, I don't think Minnesota did when they bought all those electric buses that they don't really work in cold weather. I don't know. That should have been maybe higher up on the priority list uh, of things to mention when you're buying an EV. Wait until you hear this story. Coming up. The Glenn Beck Program. to say something here that has been said for thousands of years and in america currently 
I am not going to go to jail or prison for it. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I love that, to dishonor their own bodies. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this cause, God gave them up to unto vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Now, should you go to prison for that? Should you be charged with a crime against humanity for treat tweeting that? In Finland, I'm sure you've heard this story of a member of the Finnish parliament. She has now been tried using the law of crimes against humanity. She has been tried twice. She is now being tried a third time for tweeting that. Finnish member of parliament joins me in 60 seconds. So excited to have her on. What a brave, brave woman. The Burna Launcher. One of the biggest perks of my job is I get to try out a lot of products that I talk to you about. And I turn down more advertising than I accept by far. Uh, and about, I don't know, six or ten weeks ago, uh, a guy came into my office. He was from Burna. Great, great guy. And he said, listen, I know you're a gun guy. I'm a gun guy, too. And he said, uh, how do you feel about less lethal, lethal defense? And I said, well, I think pepper spray is ridiculous, but I mean, it's better than nothing. He said, um, let me show you something. And it was the Berna launcher. It is incredible. He was in my office. I bought the launchers from him at that time, one for every member of my family. I didn't care if he was an advertiser or not. I was going to come on the air and tell you about it because I think it is unbelievably great, especially... Uh, for my wife. My wife carries a gun, but, you know, I, she's always, at night, she'll stop and get gas, and I'll say, don't stop and get gas! And she will, and she's been approached several times, and, you know, everything's been fine, but she freaks out a little bit, and I freak out because things in the world are unstable right now. The last thing I want her to have to decide to do is pull a gun on someone, uh, or not pull the gun because she's afraid maybe she's misread the situation. She can pull her Berna launcher, which looks just like a gun. She can pull that thing out, and it has kinetic rounds in it, kinetic uh, deterrence, 60-foot range, one shot, especially of the tear gas, bullet or whatever they call them, will incapacitate an attacker, attacker for up to 40 minutes. And you haven't hurt anybody. It's perfectly legal. Anyone over 18 can carry it. Uh, you don't need a permit or anything. It's Burna. Go to B-Y-R-N-A B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. Get 10% off your purchase right now. Burna.com slash Glenn. Do it now. 
So I want to welcome back to the program our old friend, uh, Kristen Wagoner. She is Alliance Defending Freedom's CEO and president, uh, and also general counsel. And Dr. Pavi Ra Sonnen. Do I ha- did I say that right? Pavi Ra? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. yes. Okay. Well, welcome to the program. I, I've been watching your case, and it's an honor to have you on the program. I think you are so brave. Um, believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this, for quoting the Bible. Um, can, you, can you tell us how this, this whole thing started? Yes. So I'm thank sorry. you for having me. It, 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 it is you so bet. happy to be. I, I'm happy to be here. Uh, yes, this started uh, over four years ago when I was uh, shocked when I heard that uh, the Finnish Evangelical Lutheran Church, which is the main church of Finland, uh, <clears throat> its leadership decided uh, officially to support and also financially to support the Helsinki Pride event. Okay. And so uh, hang on I, just a second. You I, are a you are a proud member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland. Yes, I am. And in yes. 2019, yes, they decided to have a Pride 2019 event. And as a member of the congregation, you tweeted about it, right? Yes, I tweeted about it, and I, I, I made a question to the leadership of, of my church that how does uh, this fit to the foundation of the church and, and these Bible verses that you just read? <laughs> and right. after that, uh, then it was a surprise to me that police started to investigate the case when some citizen has made, made a criminal complaint about this. And after that, there became more criminal complaints about an old pamphlet that I had written already 2004. And then there was also a radio show. And this has Okay, hang on just a second. Hang on just the name yes. of I want to find this here because the, the name of that pamphlet is so uh gentle it uh kills me i can't find it what was the name of the pamphlet yeah uh, male and female he created thing yeah. Ma- male and female he created colon what's the rest of it uh homosexual relationships challenge uh, <laughs> I love this. homosexual relationships challenge christianity challenge yes. <laughs> i yes. mean you couldn't yes. be more academic about it <laughs> yes yes it, it in in fact what i i speak there in in that pamphlet what i write it is about uh i would say classical christianity what churches Correct. have taught for hundreds of years that uh, the marriage is between man and woman, one man and one woman, and that also the sexual relationship belongs to that uh, that relationship. And I also uh, spoke about uh, that uh, the other relationships are against God's will. So very simple and classical Christian beliefs, and I also belonged for example, that all human beings are valuable, all are created Correct. as the image of God. Correct. 
So now you were charged. There was no hate speech. No right. hate speech. Right. I know. You were challenging your church. What do we believe? Um, if you're, uh, you were charged with agitation against a minority group, which comes under the section of the criminal code titled War Crimes and Crimes Against Humanity. I, 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 I just, I, this is amazing to me. I, I wanted to get uh, Kristen in for this. I mean, that that sounds really bad to be charged with that. <laughs> really bad. Yes, it does sound, yes, it yes, does sound really in, bad. In, on, in Finland, we have, we have the law about agitation against minorities. Uh, it right. is, uh, quite similar laws are in, in other European countries. And uh, yes, okay. this is so, under the section. So, Christian, what does it mean? Uh, what 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 penalties is that? What does this mean? Well, it can carry a potential penalty of two years in prison. Thankfully, the prosecution hasn't asked for time in prison, but they were demanding very high fines. Um, and again, uh, convicting her of the the hate crimes of initially charging her with three hate crimes. What I would also bring out, Glenn, that um, that Pivey didn't state is the timing of these statements. Um, so. You know, in terms of, of the timing of the different statements, the the pamphlet was written in 2004, um, many, many years before this all began, and actually even before this particular law was put in place. Um, and then the, you know, in terms of the, the other radio program, that was 2019. So really what happened was the tweet went out, a Finnish prosecutor decided to launch with the police a full-bore investigation into every public statement that Pivey had made during the course of a nearly 30-year political career. This Pivey is so well-known in Finland as serving her country in a variety of areas. Again, serving as a part of parliament for 30 years. She's a doctor um, and she's a pastor's wife. So it it would be only appropriate that she would speak out on this issue. And whether you agree with her or not, she has the right to be able to express her beliefs. So, so Pivey, what has happened to your reputation? Have you faced a new election since all of this has been going on? And what's happening? Yes, in fact, uh, last uh, April, we had uh, two parliamentary elections in, in Finland. And I'm happy that I was re-elected. And I got even more votes than so, than four years ago. So, it, it I, I'm I'm so happy that people trust on me. Still. So so let me let me ask you again. Back to uh, Kristen. This is a again the elites, the government, going against obviously what people are feeling uh, um, that are voting for her. She doesn't have any hate. Now, this is the third time she's been charged, or is this just, are they just kicking it up finally to the Supreme Court? Is this like an American system, or does she have to be recharged each time? There are some similarities to the American system, but then some things that are very different that make this even worse than what someone would experience here in the U.S. She was charged with three crimes, three hate crimes, and that went to the trial court level like we would have here. She was fully exonerated. There was a finding of not guilty in the trial court level, and we were privileged to support that legal defense. 
But unlike the U.S. system, when you are found not guilty in Finland of a crime, the prosecutor can choose to appeal that to the next level. And so, again, with just a vicious prosecution um, designed to have, I think, a chilling effect to send a message to Finnish citizens, if we can get Pivey, we can get any one of you, then they appealed it. And we won, again, in a unanimous decision with multiple judges uh, Pivey was found not guilty. And now the prosecution has again asked the Finnish Supreme Court to hear the case one more time. And that would be the equivalent of asking our U.S. Supreme Court to hear a case. So, A, if she wins again, that's no guarantee they'll stop. I mean, you know, in here in the United States, we're seeing it. Show me the person, I'll show you the crime, and they're going to take you out if they want to take you out, or they're going to try. With the Supreme Court, because they don't have the First Amendment, which we have, and really nobody's listening to it right now, but at least we have it. They don't have First Amendment right. So how is she winning? Why is she winning? Well, the freedom of expression and speech is a fundamental right that is guaranteed by every major human rights treaty. And there are also guarantees in Finnish law to free expression. And I think it's important for Americans to understand there are not any magic words in our First Amendment. Many Western democracies have language in their constitutions and in international treaties to protect these rights because we know they're fundamental rights. They're not American rights. They're pre-political. And so... She does have protections under the law, and that's what the lower courts have recognized in the past. If she wins at the Finnish Supreme Court, it will set the precedent for all of Finland and protect others and send a message to the world. If she loses, it will be a very ominous um, decision, not only just for Finland, but for all Western democracies. Because when we lose free speech, we blur the line between democracy and dictatorship. So... Pavi, when, um, when, uh, you know, I don't know anything really about Finland. It, the only thing I can say in Finnish is keksi, which I think is cookie, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, of course, I would loan that one. Uh, but uh, I understand that Finland is not a real deeply religious uh, country. Um, what do the non-religious people feel about all of this? Uh, I, I think that in Finland, we the, the general atmosphere towards this case is quite divided. Um, the LGBT advocates are quite active in 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 Finnish society sure. and also in our main main church, and uh, they have hoped that this process would continue and and it it would end. To my my uh, conviction. But, uh, of course, I have also a lot of supporters uh, in, in, in Finland and also those people uh, who, who uh, are not uh, Christians or yes. are other faiths, uh, mm-hmm. they, many of them have, have supported me, yeah. even though that they dis- disagree with me, but they support the freedom Free of speech. speech. Yes, free speech and freedom of faith. So I I, I think that uh, my calling and my privilege has been 
to defend and to fight for these important freedoms in our society, and also to testify about the biblical teachings and testify about Jesus in in, in the same time. You are, you're amazing. I mean, heroes are, are being created every day all around the world because in, you know, in other times we didn't have to stand up for anything. It was just accepted. Now you actually have to risk something for your faith or your point of view. And I have so much admiration for you. I have one more question, but I have to take a break for a commercial. So back in 60 seconds. Uh, Let me tell you about American Giant. In the 1960s, 95% of the clothing Americans bought made right here in the U.S. Now 97% of it is made overseas. Whether it's medicine, our cars, our clothing, we don't make anything anymore. We became the financial capital of the world. Well, a lot of good that's done because we've screwed that one up. Look, here's the thing. Um, there's this company called American Giant. I found it about four years ago. I so believe in their founder and his mission, and that is to bring manufacturing back to America. Just five, ten percent of our manufacturing so we can make things. He's made a big, big difference. In North Carolina, there was a factory shutting down. He took it over. He bought you know, the um, the uh, sweatshirts that we used to have or our dads had back in the 50s and 60s, they were the best. Well, we sold those machines a year years ago to uh, Japan. He went, he found the machines, brought them back, trained this whole facility on those machines, and they make the best sweatpants and sweatshirts you've ever, ever worn. Buy American now at American-Giant.com slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. 10 seconds, station ID. Pavi, I, I have to tell you, I I, I want to print up, uh, I want to print up, you know, T-shirts with uh, Romans, just saying Romans one twenty five through twenty seven, uh, <laughs> just because we can. Um, if I do that, I'd like to raise money for you. Are you? How are your legal fees, Christian? How how is this working for her? How is she paying for all of this? Well, Alliance Defending so- Freedom International is able to. Uh, provide our services pro bono, and we have a Finnish attorney that has also joined this battle who's an allied attorney um, as well. And and Pipey might want to answer that more fully, but um, all of our services are funded by those who want to just give to the ministry and support people like Pipey. Pipey? How are you holding up? Yes, I'm... I'm uh, I'm very thankful for ADF. It, it, the support of ADF uh, has been very valuable, and and also the expertise that they have. Uh, it, it has been it ha- it has been very important for for me during this case. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I so appreciate it, Kristen. I, um, I I urge everybody in in the my listening audience. This is some this is a, a cause you can get behind that will make a difference because it's making a difference all around the world. ADF makes I mean, they're involved in so much and it's all about freedom of speech and religion. ADFlegal.org. ADFlegal.org. Please donate if if you have anything extra, even see if you can make it monthly. And uh Kristen, if you if you want 
you print up the T-shirt. I can get them at a great discount. I'll even print them up, and then you just you can sell them, and I'll drive people to your site uh, so they can sell it. I, I, I mean, I can't believe somebody is being charged with a crime under crimes against humanity for quoting the Bible. We really need to appreciate how free we are here. Thank you both. God bless. Anything I can do, please let us know. And I, please, as an audience member, I I think this is so critical. Please go to ADFlegal.org right now and make a donation. ADFlegal.org. This has to be stopped. One country at a time. ADFlegal.org. Living with pain is so difficult, so terrible, that sometimes we often love nothing better than hearing about somebody getting out of it. That's why I want to tell you about Wayne from Kansas and his Relief Factor story. Wayne spent a big part of his younger years playing sports, and as it often happens, it caught up with him eventually. Lower back and foot pain pretty much dominated his life until he decided to give Relief Factor a try. And within just a few days, his back pain was gone. A few days after that, goodbye to foot pain as well. Wayne says he's proof positive that Relief Factor works. Wayne, I'm proof positive too. When I started taking Relief Factor to help my own pain, I got my life back. Try Relief Factor. If you're living with daily aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, can help you feel and live a better everyday life. To get started, try the Relief Factor three-week quick start. It's $19.95, comes with a feel-better or your money-back guarantee. Visit relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800, the number 4, RELIEF. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. There's a couple of things that uh, you should be aware of. First of all, there's a little problem with EVs. Uh, just a little one. Just a little one. Um, <clears throat> here's a... Here's a a reporter in Chicago from Fox 32 uh, doing a report on uh, a little problem with EVs that they're finding in Chicago. Cut two, please. Electric cars may be the way of the future, but it's clear there are some problems when it comes to charging them in Chicago's deep freeze. Oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. Dead robots. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Teslas packed the parking lot at this Tesla supercharging station in Oak Brook, a scene mirrored at other supercharging stations around the Chicago area. Man, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Seriously. With temperatures falling into the negative double digits, these charging ports have stopped charging, leaving many Tesla owners stranded here in long lines since Sunday. Nothing, no juice. It's still on zero percent. And this is like three hours this morning being out here after being out here eight hours yesterday. Has it been charging? No, not at all. It just isn't working. At all. It's just frozen. And so I'm now getting it towed to the um, Tesla service center because that's my only option at this point. So apparently uh, it doesn't work. Now, the White House wants everybody to know this. Cut one. On electric vehicles, um, there's been, with the extreme weather, there's been some difficulty in getting those battery charged. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? As you know, the, the administration has been really pushing for EVs to be the future of 
car transportation, do you have any thoughts on the, the troubles with charging those batteries? Well, as a car owner, I can promise you that whether you have a gas-powered vehicle, a hybrid-powered vehicle, and a fully electric vehicle, extreme weather temperatures impact the, the functioning of your car, right? So uh, that is not unique to electric vehicles. Oh, oh. okay. Mm. So it's not unique to electric vehicles. I, I know I couldn't fill up my gas tank just the other day because it was so cold uh, and my car wouldn't work. So, oh, no. No. <laughs> a matter of fact, I could pump gas into my car and uh, my car worked fine. Uh, you know, the cold start thing happens, uh, you know, sure, with diesel, but that's why you have glow plugs. Uh, and you know who found this out is uh, Minnesota. Minnesota bought a whole bunch of these electric buses because, you know, I just love school buses. The yellow school bus. <laughs> who doesn't love those? So they bought a lot of these that uh, Kamala Harris was pushing and... Uh, Ah, uh, they haven't been working this winter. Uh, mm. Can't get them to work. So, all sorts of stories like this, Glenn. I actually heard someone on the front where you mentioned the. Uh, this is not unique to electric vehicles. I heard someone trying to justify that this, and they said, you know, in the in the early days of of car of cars, you had to you know get an engine block warmer, uh -huh. and uh, you know, there's no fuel injection, so. Yeah, and it's like really. Yeah, well, we're not in the early days of cars. Yeah, I think this we is not the early that in days. the 1970s. Yeah, a long, yeah. long time ago. Yeah, really, like 50 yeah. years ago, it was solved. Mm -hmm. um, there's a story in the New York Times, and it, to to the credit of the mainstream media, they actually are covering this now. They're making their excuses for it, but you know, people. It's not only just the chargers aren't working when you get to the charger, but then if you get to the charger, there's likely a long line at the charger because no one else's car is working properly. What <sighs> they've seen is people with you know the the, these cars all say like, okay, you 30 miles left and you need to get, you know, I have that feature in my car too, which is a gas powered car. It gives you an estimate mm -hmm. about what, about that, what that is. And it's always pretty darn close. If anything, it seems to me that they estimate that you have more range than you, or you have a less range than you do so that you don't, you know, screw up and not get to the gas station. Electric vehicles, they're saying people, they have quotes in the times of people who are saying, well, I had 30, it said I had 30 miles of range. And then five minutes later, I was out of battery. So, like, it's mm. not, it can't even tell how much well, it has. You know, People are losing listen. a third of their charge overnight. Is, they go, it's fully charged. They go to bed. They wake up. They have two thirds of a charge. Listen to this spin from a misinformation doctor, okay? Mm -hmm. When we all know the truth, everybody likes to go to Vegas. These electric cars just bring Vegas to you. You never know. I could win today. I could lose. Yeah. It's the excitement of Vegas in your car. And and like in Vegas, when you lose, you lose your $5 slot pull. Uh, in, mm -hmm. in these, you just are out in freezing cold temperatures with no way to really solve the problem. Yeah, but there is what could nothing, go wrong? nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You know, we lose a few people along the way. We reduce the surplus population. <laughs> we all know that. Um, I am. Uh, I did an amazing interview with Tony Robbins uh, recently, uh, and Tony, Tony, and I become friends. I guess you could say. I mean, I don't. I don't know these. You know what these celebrities are like. Um, and uh, he's just changed my family's life. Um, my wife had been dealing with her uh, with her brother, who she was closest to i think in the family uh committing suicide and it just threw her for a loop 
Um, my job has actually changed her a great deal as well. N- you know, not in the positive way. She is, she's become very uh, suspicious of people and everything else and changed in ways that mm, I don't like because she's, she's just so sweet and kind. Um, and, uh, and then I've had a struggle with a couple of my kids and suicide attempts. And one of those was my son. And, uh, I was at the end of my rope and I know Tony Robbins. So I called him and I said, Tony, I'm in trouble and I don't know what to do. And he said, send him, send him to me, send him to one of my things. He said, uh, we have a very good record on depression. He said, in fact, I think it was Harvard just did a study. Uh, and the, the, the results of Tony Robbins programs on, uh, on depression are unheard of, unheard of. They're not even close to therapy. They're not close to uh, medicinal therapy. It's just a whole different world. And uh, so I did, and I I sent him there, and um, my wife and I went with him, and we walked over hot coals. So he's talking about the hot coal thing. And why it's important. A lot of people think, oh, this is a, you know, this is a gimmick or this is, you know, those they're not really hot. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, 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 they are. Um, but he does it for a specific reason. And, you know, when you see people at Tony Robbins and they're like, yeah, and cheering and jumping up and down. I did. I thought it was weird. But Tony explains he's changing your state. Um, and because it's just like when you read something and you speak it out loud, you have a better chance of remembering it when you're writing and speaking out loud, you're using two of your senses. It's kind of like that. But here he is on biochemistry and firewalking from this week's podcast. They sent people in 13 different countries, measured people in real time, and it looks like music. I go into these states biochemically and the audience follows me and they get to this state. That's how we like have people do the firewalk or the wood breaking. They get to the state where they can push the fear aside and they can push through because they have strong testosterone and low cortisol. So that biochemistry is why it's retained. If I asked you where you were on 9-11, almost every person, even from yeah. other countries, tells you where they were, what they saw, the moment they saw it. If I asked you where you were on 8-11, <laughs> because information without emotion is barely retained. Information with a lot of emotion is massively retained. So I create states, your son is an example of that, where people are in these peak states of mind biochemically, and that's why they retain it and produce the result. I will tell you that I think that the, I was so impressed by the way, I mean, use every sense, every sense that's the goal. to put people in the in state. Yeah. And um, it's Any not- movement, sound, music. Right, everything. Engagement. And you, uh, you know, oh, he's a guru. No, no, he's not. You're not. You're not doing any of that. That's right. And you say it on stage. First of all, I'm not your guru, but you also say, "Look, if this is what we're doing to your body, and you're, well, you're showing, doing, I'm just showing, right, 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 yeah. but you're showing right. how it how it all works, and it's." Um, and by the way, your son, like, he could have just watched that, but he participated fully. He got himself some states. He starts to realize who he really is. No. And he's still going to, he's still got yeah. a lot of learning and stuff to go in his life, but he has a totally different foundation to look at life through because yeah. his biochemistry has changed. It wasn't with drugs. Right. 
And Tanya and I, were, I mean, she said, we're not going to walk on fire. We're not, I'm not going to walk on fire. I'm not going to walk on fire. <laughs> and I told her before we went, I said, you know, those people that wear the cheese block hats, yeah, you know, yeah, the Green yeah. Bay Packers. I said, if you're going to Tony Robbins, you have to just put yourself in that <laughs> mindset. I'm just going to wear a big cheese block hat and I'm going for it. I don't care. And, uh, but as you know, we don't push anybody to do it. And people all right. say, I'm not going to do it. And then they get in the environment and yeah. they're in a different state. Yeah. And of course, and they, they and it's do. not about the firewalk. It's about the, whatever stops you in life. That's the fire. The, yeah, right. It's like this thing that normally stops you is fear, and you learn how to snap out of it and do it anyway. Uh, you know, I used to use skydiving in the beginning, but it got hard to get 10,000 people in the middle of the sky over New York City in the middle of the night. You know? So I had to find other metaphors. Right, right. And when people are at home, I can't, I'm all starting fires around right. the world in you know, 500 right. countries. So we we do wood breaking. We show them something normally mm -hmm. in karate would take a year to learn, and they do it in a few minutes. But we use it as a metaphor of breaking through what's stopping Correct. And then it becomes more physical instead of just intellectual. Yeah, it wasn't. What was so great is she did it for a different reason. I did it for a different reason. Yeah. And it was, what's your worst fear that's going to stop you? Yeah. And uh, and hot coals. Uh, you know, it's not my worst fear, but that stops you. Uh, and once you walk across them, it just changes. Yeah, because your brain goes, if I can get myself through this thing right. that, I, that I once thought was impossible or at least difficult, Correct. what else do I think is impossible or difficult that I can also yeah. crush with just a few changes in strategy? Yeah. That's the value of it. That's why I use it as a metaphor. But as you know, that happens the first night of the four-day program. And people think that's going to be the peak. And, you know, no, day opens. three, day four, it's no. a whole different level than they ever yeah. dreamed of. You know, it's fun to do. It's, uh, it's a remarkable thing. I'm sorry, I just lost my... Uh my earphones, so I didn't hear the last bit of that interview. But it is a, it's an, an incredible interview uh, to listen. It, it was two hours. It's the longest interview I've ever done uh, with anyone um, because he just gets on a roll. And he talks about finances. He talks about the economy. Uh, he talks about something. He's, he's sharing. He's written a new book, and he's sharing some things that he's been involved in financially that he's like, this is wrong. How come... This is how the rich get richer, because I have access to something and I know something that nobody else does uh, and they can't participate because they can't participate at these levels. And so he has found a way uh, for you to participate uh, in in something. And he's not you know, he's it's it's not he's not making money off of it. Um, but I uh, it, it is so well worth your time. Again, it's two hours with Tony Robbins, but two hours that. You know, usually would cost an awful lot of money. He is now a billionaire. He's involved in over a hundred com uh, companies. He's uh, he's counseled four different presidents. He talks about what Bill Clinton called him and said, uh, "I got a problem." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, maybe you should probably should have called me earlier." Um, but uh, he's counseled presidents, CEOs, um, some of the biggest people. Nelson Mandela. We talk about that, um, and he found that they. We all have the same basic problems. Uh, Tony Robbins, available now for Blaze TV subscribers. Uh, and it comes out tomorrow wherever you get your podcast. Look for Glenn Beck Podcast. I don't remember the number, but it's Tony Robbins. Comes out tomorrow. The Glenn Beck Program. Glenn's newsletter is free and full of useful info delivered every day right to your inbox. Sign up at glennbeck.com. Com.
Here's a New Year's resolution you can actually keep if you have three minutes in the morning to keep your face wrinkle-free. Introducing Gen 90, the new instant wrinkle treatment from GenuCell. Gen 90 instantly reduces the appearance of wrinkles anywhere you use it, around the eyes, the forehead, the crow's feet, laugh lines, even the chin, and it starts working in seconds. Gen 90 technology is luxurious, nourishing, and silk smooth, and best of all, it starts working in seconds. Yes, you'll feel the tingle every time. There's a reason why GenuCell has 400% more customer loyalty than other skincare brands. Gen 90 is on sale now at GenuCell.com, and it's of course included in the bestseller packages. Before you go overseas to get harsh procedures for thousands of dollars, try Gen 90 first. Make your fine lines and wrinkles disappear wherever they are and before you even leave the room or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck. GenuCell.com slash Beck. Free shipping on all orders now. GenuCell.com slash Beck. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Beck. Welcome, welcome back to the program. Triple eight seven twenty seven B E C K is the phone number. Uh, Glenn is in Miami uh, right now, and uh, he's uh, he, sorry. That's good. Uh, my just, my just, headphones keep unplugging because I'm so fat. I think. Anyway, yeah. um, I want to thank the people at six ten W I O D in uh, Miami Fort Lauderdale. They have been so gracious and. The program director, who is the first, and she doesn't want me to say this because she so regrets it. She was the first person to actually believe in this show uh, from the outside. You know, um, she recognized uh, the potential in the show, which we've never lived up to, but uh, <laughs> and said, I want to hire you. And she's the person that hired us. She was affiliate number one at WPHT in Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, it was so great to see her at the, uh, greet us at the door today, Program Director Grace Blazer at WIOD. So thank you, Grace, for all of the support from the very beginning. Uh, she even said she misses you, Stu. Oh, so, wow. Well, I mean, that's, she's got the priorities correct, a, of course. said he's turned into a monster. Just <laughs> a monster. That's me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a long, a long and interesting road. I mean, you think about back when around that time was when we were dealing with the George W. Bush Al Gore election. I mean, it was. Can you imagine what we did as a comedy bit back then? We made a giant waffle head, uh, a, a, a float that w- looked like because he, he was waffling on everything. We made it look like John Kerry in his head was a giant waffle and it spoke. And it said... It said uh, things that we don't remember, Glenn. It, oh, we don't see, remember yes, the exact right. details of what it said at this time. Yeah, yeah but, but it was funny. It was comedy mm-hmm. at the time. Now, oh my gosh, now it would be it would be crimes against humanity. Speak your mind. Say the things you believe. There are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I do not believe. Say them while you can. The Glenn Beck Program.